0: We're back. Just like I said, we'll be back. This is for the Glory KC, where we bring a mix of in-depth Kansas City soccer knowledge along with a more casual perspective. I'm Chad Smith, editor at the Blue and our new website will be announced later today. When you're listening to this, or you may have already been announced, go to the Blue Testament; it'll link you there. Uh, we're going to take I'm going to take you a bit more in depth. I'm joined, as always, by my wife, the excellence of execution, Sheena Smith, who gives us that more casual perspective. What's up, Sheena?
1: Not much. What's up with you, Chad?
0: Not much, just a busy podcast rundown I want to get through. So we got a little bit more information about the last game that Sporting played against the Sounders, because you all want to hear more about that. We're going to preview the game against the Philadelphia Union this weekend. We've got some listener questions about Sporting KC going to preview the KC Current taking on the Portland Thorns, and then, of course, the digital crawl. But I wanted to start with a correction. Sheena, you asked me on the last podcast about Sporting Kansas City 2 players playing for Sporting KC, and I said, hey, that's not possible unless it's like a hardship and there's a bunch of injuries, and that is a rule. But there's also this other thing called the Affiliate Short-Term Agreement, a rule that's existed since last year and actually was used last year on a player, Julian Vasquez, who only got loaned up a couple of times never appeared in a game. Essentially, Sporty can do four four four-day loans, four four four-day loans, that sounds weird, Um, but they can play in no more than two games uh, when we're talking MLS regular season games. So the long and short of it is, yes, they could get a player from SKC2. I was wrong. Sheena, do you accept my apology?
1: Yes, I'll go ahead and accept your apology, (laughs) but don't steer me wrong again. I don't appreciate it.
0: I cannot promise it, but I do think maybe we have to have a reoccurring segment where we apologize like that. We listen to the podcast Armchair Expert, and I forget the lady's name that is like the co-host or whatever, but she goes in and like issues corrections at the end of the podcast. Do you know her name, Sheena?
1: Yeah, it's Monica.
0: Monica, yes, Monica gets on there and she talks about where Dax and his guest may have like misspoken, right? You're you're talking off the cuff, you're just speaking on topics. Maybe that's something we can sneak into uh, future podcasts, issuing corrections. So I don't want to be wrong, but hey, it happens. So Sheena, I want to tell you, I watched the Sporting Kansas City Seattle game back because I'm a, a glutton for punishment. And the one thing I wanted to say that I don't really think I mentioned last week, and we can kind of push past the rest of it is Sporting actually looked pretty decent before the Ben Sweat red card. Sure, yes, they'd given up two goals and, you know, Sweat was the mistake that led to the second goal. And the first goal, I think, again, I think it's just a really good pass from Leo Chu. But after that goal, they were all over, all over Seattle. And it felt really possible like they were coming back johnny russell just subbed into the game and then less than two minutes after he subs on sweat gets that red so it made me even more bitter at Ben sweat but i won't rehash the podcast from earlier if you want more thoughts about that sounders game go back to our previous episode and check that out sheena did you have any more thoughts in between when we last talked about this
1: no i think we should just get to the philadelphia union
0: well tell me about the union what what do i need to know
1: Okay, so we're playing the Philadelphia Union this weekend in Philadelphia. Just uh, some quick things to know. Philadelphia Union has, well, up until last weekend, I believe they played, um, was it Orlando?
0: Orlando City, yep.
1: Yeah, so they lost against Orlando, but prior to that, they had a 24 unbeaten streak at home. And the last loss that they had at home prior to this past weekend was September 3rd of 2021. So it's a pretty long streak they had winning at home. However, I would say their loss comes with a disclaimer. They were without six players um, due to international duty, and then one of them had a red card suspension. So I feel like if they had had their six international players and their one red card but uh, person, they probably would have won the game. I mean, who knows? But that's a lot of players to be missing that sounds like we're probably all starters.
0: Yeah, I don't know if they were all starters, but I know they were also missing Andre Blake, their goalkeeper keeper because he was dealing with an adductor strain and you know when you're missing your all-star goalkeeper that's a pretty big loss as well
1: yeah the other thing I wanted to talk about real quick is the game on Saturday Uh, weather wise the uh, forecast is calling for warm but rainy weather so by the time there's kickoff the the rain chances are right now only at 20 percent they're higher earlier in the day. Obviously, it's still pretty early in the week, so anything can change. But if the weather does change drastically, I'll keep you guys posted on Instagram.
0: The weather in Missouri, Kansas, etc. tends to change pretty quickly at this time Well, that's
1: in Philadelphia.
0: Oh, yeah. That makes way more sense because (laughs) the game is not in Kansas City. Uh, yeah. I'm glad you told me. Otherwise, I may have drove to the stadium on Saturday. That would have been awkward. A few other bits that I wanted to share with you all, uh, kind of little info about Philadelphia is they are currently 2-3-0 and on the year. They just have two wins, three losses, no draws. They have been playing in CONCACAF Champions League, which if you'll remember sporting in 2019, they were crushing it early in CONCACAF Champions League, and then their entire season fell apart. Seattle Sounders won the CONCACAF Champions League last year, first MLS team to do this new version of the tournament, and then they... miss the playoffs. So CCL can have a hard time on a team. So that could be good. We might be catching Philly at a good time. Uh, They've also allowed the first goal in the last four games, or I'm sorry, in four of their five games this season, including goals in the first three minutes in the last two games so they've been a little susceptible even when they weren't missing all those players so i think that's kind of interesting and maybe leaves an opening sporting got off to a hot start against seattle obviously they could not capitalize but they scored within the fifth minute so the door seems like it could maybe be open for that to happen again and not to mention i don't know if you all know johnny russell he appeared in the last game Uh, He should be able to play at least a portion of this game, you would think. And then Alan Polito was scheduled to play in the game as well and just didn't get in because of the Ben Sweat Red card. I can't let it go. You want another injury update on the team, though, what we know as of Tuesday, Sheena?
1: Sure, go for it.
0: All right. So I have some bad news, of course, because it's injuries in Sporting Kansas City. Tim Leibold has already been ruled out for this weekend's game, so... He will not be the person that replaces Ben Sweat. We'll talk about that more in a second. But good news, Danny Rizzero, who we mentioned on the last, last podcast, may have been arriving in town on Sunday, did arrive in town on Sunday. He had his first practice with the team on Tuesday, and Vermees said it is possible that he would be in the lineup immediately. So that's interesting. And then another kind of positive update is Daniel Sperry from the Kansas City Star, who's who we got. Most of this, Thad and him got us all these updates, he posted a video of Gotti Kinda being back in training in team drills. So he'd been doing some jogging. I saw him do a shooting drill a couple of weeks ago, but he's doing like the rondo type activities where they're passing around quickly in tight spaces. So that's you know, quick cuts, quick movements. I think that's a positive. Peter Vermees has talked about there being four phases of training. So I don't know what the four phases are. But if he had been at two before and now he's in this one, he's at least in three. And Vermees did say last week that within the next six weeks, everybody would be back from injury. So hopefully he is quicker than that six-week time frame, and we see him in the coming weeks because what a jolt off the bench. Gotti of would be subbing into a game. Eric Tommy struggling like he was last weekend? Put in Kinda. Maybe he won't be struggling. So that's kind of exciting. I'm excited. You want to talk about who should play left back, Sheena? Do you have any thoughts?
1: Yeah, I... Actually, I don't know if you want to talk about this, but I had a quick rundown of what I think needs to happen for the game on Saturday, and I'd like someone to get in touch with Peter Vermees and relay my message.
0: Well, you know, on Thursdays, you can go be a part of the press conference. I can get you credentials, get you into the stadium, you go down to, (laughs) they don't do it at the stadium, but at Pinnacle, (laughs) the Compass Minerals National Performance Center.
1: Probably not gonna miss work for that.
0: Okay, okay. Thanks Wait, for what the do you, offer. Who? I'll, I'll talk to that. I'll see if he can relay the message. What do you want to get to Peter from <laughs>
1: Okay. Well, first of all, I don't want to see Shelton. Um, I don't know if Marinos is going to be back. Do we know if he's back from international duty?
0: So we don't know that he's, a f- he's probably traveling like as we're recording this because the Cyprus game was today, if I'm not mistaken, on Tuesday against Scotland. So hopefully he'll be back by the weekend, but that's a lot of travel. So you never know. Pretty mm, hard to I travel halfway around the world.
1: I'd still rather see him after jet lag than have Kyrie Shelton in. If it's possible. Don't get your hopes
0: up, but okay.
1: Okay. Well, yeah, if it's possible, I'd like to see him in. I'd like to see Johnny Russell start. And then if I have to have Kyrie come in, then Kyrie is it. The other thing is I need to see Felipe Hernandez start the game and either play the whole game or bring Roger in for like the last 20 to 30 minutes. What do you think about that?
0: I would like to see that as well. I'm also not going to hold my breath, but I think it's uh, Roger does seem to be wearing down, right? He was subbed off at halftime against Seattle. He looked pretty tired in that game. He's not been doing all the phases of practice just because Peter's resting him. If he can't go that hard, throughout the week you know maybe he needs a week off I'm okay with that
1: my next thing is I need Eric Tommy to stop being Prince Charming and trying to do everything like he needs to stick to his position because when he is moving all over the field he's just not as productive
0: I'm not getting the Prince Charming soccer <laughs> tie-in here
1: I don't know he's just trying to woo us all I don't know
0: Ah, okay. He yeah. uh, he is doing too much. We've talked about this. We talked about this yeah. in a couple of episodes. He's trying to take the whole weight of the team on his back, it seems like to me. And yeah, play yeah. within yourself, use your teammates, let them do what they do. Yeah, I think that makes sense.
1: Also, I need John Poolskamp to ra- remain goalie. So he's the future. So let's run with it. If Rosero, well, we just learned Tim Leibold isn't going to be ready. So to answer your question about left back, um, I need Cam Duke to be on the field. He would be my my preference if Rosero's not ready, because I think if Rosero's ready, then maybe Volader would move into what is formerly Ben Sweat's position of left back.
0: Yeah, I think Robbie Voloder has the ability to play out wide left. He's done it I think it was just one time for a very brief stint in a game last season but he's incredibly left footed if you watch him at all or go back and watch prior tape it is wild how much he positions his body to be able to use his left foot and yes if you put him out at left back I think that would it would sol- solidify the defense a little bit more than like a Cam Duke because Duke is going to definitely be more dynamic going forward I think although I, I hear Volder has a heck of a shot so you never know but Volder's is going to be more stable defensively he's much taller than them him so he'll be able to win balls in the air but Duke is faster so there's you know give and take on who plays that spot for sure and if it's not Rosero at center back it could be one of these other signings you know Chris Rindolf or uh, Robert Castellanos
1: yeah I would take them either Cam Duke is just I like him I want him to be on the field more so that's that um finally we need to consider starting Polito to hopefully get ahead earlier in the game like I'm glad that Willia got a, got a, got a goal. But I need to see how the game changes with Polito in the striker position. And since everyone's putting faith in Polito and Johnny Russell, like to save the season, like I need to see what like how in shape they actually are. Like I, I just need to see them on the field. And it kinda switches from how I felt the beginning of the season because um during preseason I was saying Agata should be the starter but he's kind of proven to be ineffective as a whole. He just so scored far. in the last game. Okay, but I'm saying as a whole like in five t- games. Turning
0: on him already.
1: <laughs> no, I'm just saying I want to see Polito see, you know, if he lives up to the hype that everyone has put around him and It also will help me determine, like, is it a willy problem or is it a deeper issue between the midfield and the offense? And that's what we need to figure out. Like, we needed to figure it out three games ago, but this is a good game to get it started.
0: I hate when you have a problem with your willy, that's for sure.
1: Oh, boy.
0: (laughs) Uh, So I'm going to burst your bubble here because I'm not in charge. I'm not Peter Vermees. I'm not inside his head. I don't know. But I really don't think that Alan Alambolito is going to start. I think that if he was capable of going maybe 45 solid minutes, there'd be a possibility that you put him on first. But Peter Vermees is a planner. Like to a fault, he will pre-plan where he subs people in, even if the game doesn't necessarily call for it. You can kind of tell by um, Nemanja Radoya. He was subbing into games where at times we needed a goal. And like, why would you put in a defensive midfielder at an advanced midfield spot? It's because, well, the plan was to get him 15 minutes or 20 minutes or 25 minutes so that he can work his fitness back. And I think that that's probably what he'll do with Polito. I bet he was going to play him like 15 or 20 minutes And then they just didn't get to that point before the red card happened. So that never came to be. I don't like that though. I don't like
1: that because that, like if you have a pre-planned thing, like, situations happen you can't prepare for so you're bringing people on that don't necessarily make sense based on how the game is going I, I don't like that it's pre-planned
0: yeah and you can really see that Burmese is known to do that if you just like watch how he does things and it's very regimented and I do think sometimes he needs to change the plan he did change the plan to be fair against Seattle because he put a bunch of young guys on uh, we didn't even mention Danny Flores made his debut Jake Davis got on the field for the first time this year but it was just garbage time because he up had minutes to saving guys legs basically because the game was over like i might as well put some young guys out here instead of running these old guys into the ground probably should get them on with more than five minutes to go and maybe in a meaningful game for some of these guys would be nice too but i don't know there's pros and cons to both things i think from the new cautious for me standpoint he's not going to put Polito out there to start i could be wrong
1: and that's fine if he doesn't but I think this season's testing the fan base and no one is kind of reassuring us that things are going to be better and if you're not bringing out those players that you're saying are the reason we've had a slow start like I, I don't know it just doesn't make sense to me as long as Polito comes on at some point I just think it would be better for him to play the first half if he can even play a full 45 and hopefully we can get ahead and then you bring Willie got it on and hopefully the team will i, I don't know i don't know what i'm saying
0: <laughs> all right enough lineup talk who's gonna win this game sheena
1: okay well i have a bold prediction i think that sporting is gonna win hopefully last week's horrendous loss a lit a fire in the team and also knowing we will get russell and Polito for some amount of the game I think that'll spark some hope. And really at this point, like the team needs to show us their heart, like show us that they want to win this. And I think they were embarrassed at home last weekend. So because of that, I think, Hopefully, I'm right on this. They go in there and they win. I don't have a score for you. I just I have a feeling that they're going to want to win, so they're going to do it. How about you? What do you think?
0: I love your optimism. I cannot share it. I predicted a double win last weekend of Sporting and The Current, and they were both wrong. Sporting Kansas City 2 lost as well. It was just a overall bad Kansas City soccer weekend for the most part. I think that the fact that Philadelphia went the entire 2022 season without losing at home most of the end of the 2021 season, all the beginning of the 2023 season—that's just not a great sign. They're a very good team. They were many, many pundits had chose them to be the likely candidate to win MLS Cup this year. So, with Sporting having no wins through five games, it is really hard for me to predict that they're going to go get it done. Now, maybe the Union will underestimate them. They'll leave the door open. Maybe. The team that we all think is going to be so great, Russell, Polito, get back out of there. It'll be instant magic. There'll be no rust, and they'll just they'll get things done. But it's hard for me to predict that. I'd be thrilled with the draw on the road. Actually, I mean, I'd be thrilled with a win. I would be accept- accepting of a draw, and if it was a loss, it would suck, but it wouldn't be that surprising with the way things have gone so far. You want to take some questions that we got from the internets?
1: Sure. Go for it. Hit that's me. What
0: the, that's what the kids are calling it, the internet. But don't
1: really hit me, but hit me.
0: Well, we're in separate rooms right now. So, all right. First question is from Alex Escavel. Apologies if I'm saying your name wrong, Alex. It's at a esquivel 140 on Twitter. Alex asked, when everyone is healthy, what does our lineup look like for us going forward? An argument can be made for Pierre to be given more minutes when fit? A Gotta moves to the bench with a Polito return? Question mark Would a loss at home to Colorado in two weeks be the real panic button? Question. So several questions in there from Alex. I think the ideal lineup, maybe it's Agata, maybe it's Pulido. I think it's going to depend who's playing, but either way, having the other one off the bench is acceptable to me. Last year, it was working pretty good with Shallowy, Agata, and Russell across the front three. I think the midfield, fully healthy. I think it's still probably not Gotti Kinda starting. I know that's weird because he's one of the designated players, but I like him as a super sub. So you start Tommy... Voltaire and Radoya and then in defense oh man it is so hard to know at this point Leibold if he's healthy I think plays left back Fontas is probably your starting left center back although it'd be fine if it's volatile personally uh Danny Rosero probably is designed to be the starting right center back and then I think probably Zussi at right back although I would love to see a lot more King Pierre and uh John Pulskamp. so that's back or uh, front to back for me anything different for you Sheena?
1: Yeah I think I pretty much agree with your assessment. I think the only thing as you were talking, like, and we're talking about this ideal lineup, I think one of the the points we haven't talked about yet is like, it sucks that our backups aren't on the same caliber or even just slightly worse than our starters, because I think like our season could be a lot different if, you know, Johnny Russell had a better backup, if well, Ben Sweat was never the starter. I mean, I, I understand part of that was because of Courtney Ford and then Tim Leibold is recovering from his injury. But it's just I feel like the, the backups kind of and some of the positions are weak. And that I feel like is like, just an issue I don't know it really didn't have anything to do with what you were talking about <laughs> it's just like I was thinking about it like when we have this ideal lineup and I feel like ideally we should always have a good lineup like we shouldn't have to make excuses Seattle was missing however many players last week and they still were kind of really good at times and they yeah, beat I us. Think
0: they're they're one of the best teams in the league I think so hopefully we'll look yeah, back why on can't this.
1: that be sporting though
0: <laughs> yeah I mean hopefully it will be but uh let's not get our hopes up Based on how these first five games have gone, the short answer of why your backups can't be great is because there's a salary budget in MLS and you only have so much money you're allowed to spend. And if you want to get a certain level of talent, you probably got to spend more or scout and get the perfect young guys, which is a whole nother conversation, right? In terms of developing talent. Uh, Peter gave a pretty good answer about this the other day, about how they're spending a lot of money sending scouts all over the country trying to find these young guys and bring them into the academy. And they've really expanded because a rule change between last year and this year allows you to go take players out of Los Angeles or Dallas or New York or these cities where the really big clubs are. They can only protect a maximum of 54 players in their region now, which is still a lot, but it used to be they protected everybody. 75 miles from LAFC Stadium, everybody, 75 miles from the LA Galaxy Stadium, everybody couldn't get any of those players. So now you can go hit those areas. That's something that's going to take a while to really hit on. They have a new academy director, Declan Jogi, and hopefully that will lead to good things. Uh, Mike Perry retired, the former guy. So long story there, but essentially you got to hit on your, your late draft picks, your young guys. Everything has to go perfectly right for you to have great depth. And I think it does matter that Kansas City is in the middle of the country and people don't think of this as the place you want to come to versus like people might be willing to go to L.A. on a lower salary or New York on a lower salary because hey, I'm in New York, I'm in L.A., I'm in these big premier cities. I don't think people like that excuse, but I think there's some legitimacy to it.
1: Kansas City is a really cool city, so I don't like that. Let's just move on to the next question.
0: All right. I agree with you that Kansas City is a really good city. So the other half of Alex's question was would a loss at home to Colorado in two weeks be the real pandemic? Button. I think, yeah, you got to start winning your home games, and Colorado is one of the worst teams in the league. So if Sporting cannot beat them for a second time this year, they already drew them in Colorado. Ugh, ugh, that's not good. And that actually ties really good into the next question. Alex Brown at Alex Brown KC asked us on Twitter, What do you make of this comment? And the comment, well, he's quoting a short version of it, but I'm going to give you the full version. uh This week in practice, Peter Vermees was asked about. Uh, He was asked a question, Daniel Shallowy called last week a must win. Would you call this Philadelphia game a must win? For me said, quote, nah, I always laugh over all the years I've been doing this when people say games are must wins. I say it all the time. The only time it's a must win is a final. That's your must win, end quote. So I have to people are upset. They're like, what? What kind of terrible attitude does Vermees have? I look at this, I'm like a very technical person. Technically, no, you do not have to win this game. The season is not over if you lose the sixth game of the season. Obviously not great if you're six games in and you have no wins, but I'll give you one stat that makes this not a must win. Right now, Sporting Kansas City are terrible. They have two draws, two points through five games. They are still only two points below the last playoff spot. Not everybody gets into the playoffs, but almost everybody gets in. So if they don't win this and then they win a bunch of games down the road and rack up enough points, then they can still get into the playoffs. So I think from a technical standpoint, he's not wrong, but I think people think he's being tone deaf in the way that he's answering that question.
1: I would agree with that. But the other thing is that down the stretch, like if you keep losing these early games down the stretch when players are tired or there's bound to be more injuries, that just puts more pressure on you to win or draw because you did awful at the beginning of the season. Um, The other thing is that I do think it's a bit tone deaf, especially because right now the fan base is very upset with the way the season started. So he can't be that naive or oblivious or whatever to think that like the fans are happy about how this is going. So I wish he would have worded it differently to reassure the fans that, you know, this, the season started off rough and every game matters, but, you know, ultimately the end the the game to get into the playoffs is the most important. Or, you know, there's a better way to phrase that where it it, it's kind of tone deaf. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I don't disagree with you. I think he's just straight up answering this question and not getting into all that other things, but I think obviously he wants to win. They're trying to do everything they can to win. It's not like they want to lose, but technically they don't have to win, so I don't know. I I think if you're upset with Peter right now, you're looking for the worst in all of his answers, and I think it, it didn't upset me. I don't know. I'm, I'm just th- trying not to get too worked up.
1: I think the problem is that this season's testing the fan base, and he didn't reassure us that things are going to get better. Like That would have been another way to put it. Like- like saying it's been a rough start, but, you know, every game does matter, something like that. And I, I don't know. I just I'm afraid if you keep losing, you're going to lose more of your fans. And we're going to turn into like a casual fan base like Dallas, where we were just at. And Throwing shade
0: at Dallas as much as you can I, twice in no, one episode. Yeah. <laughs>
1: No, I've only done it this one time. But I feel like they and it's not even against their team. It's their fans. Their fans were very casual, as we talked about a couple episodes ago. But hit me with another question.
0: All right. We got a question from Instagram. Spencer O'Reilly asks, what is your favorite part of going to an SKC game?
1: My favorite part of an SKC game is just the environment It's unlike any other event I've been to. Now granted I haven't been to a Chiefs game yet but I have been to other football games for other teams and I've been to tons of baseball games and when I compare what I've been to like sports wise to sporting Kansas City it's not really comparable and people will probably disagree with that but again I've never been to a Chiefs game like in Arrowhead so I'm sure like the atmosphere there is better than sporting but I just love Especially when they're doing good and everybody's on their feet and everybody in the stadium is chanting. Like it's just, it's an electrifying moment and it makes me really happy. Like it gives me a sense of community, even though I don't know anybody. But it's like we're all in it together, even like the I believe we will win chant, like when the whole stadium's doing it. I just think it's really fun. What about you, Chad?
0: Yeah, I would kind of come down to the same thing. I've actually never been to a game at Arrowhead either. But something about American football versus soccer or football, if you will, is the chanting, the singing, the songs are more complex, the chants are more complex versus like defense. Defense. You know, you get that a lot of times at like NFL games or college football games. I've been to plenty of those, just, you know, not at the Chiefs. So I think that's a big part of it is the atmosphere it's super fun i know people are getting tired of the i believe chant but i do i don't hate it like i think it's kind of fun i like that u.s soccer does it as well or at least does it sometimes so it looks like you're still a little bit of kansas city because you know we are the soccer capital of america i don't know if y'all have heard so <laughs> um yeah i like the atmosphere i think the atmosphere is super fun i'll give you a quick story in the press box when willie agata scored i like forgot for a moment i'm in the press box and i was i'm not supposed to like react or cheer or whatever And I'm like, oh, Daniel's going, he's going. And then, you know, Willie, Willie scores. And I like start to jump up and then I'm like, and then I just casually sit back down. just like, adjust. Oh guys, I was just adjusting the way I was sitting. I didn't like yell out or anything, but I had just been at the Dallas game on the road the week before as a fan. So, you know, we were going nuts and high-fiving people around us when shallowey scored that goal. So I, I just love that. I just think it's a, a really cool environment to be in. All right. The other questions we got, were all really kind of about the lineup, which I feel like we already talked about. So hopefully we got to your question. If not ask us, questions next week we're gonna to try to include your all's questions but any other final thoughts on sporting before we move on to the current
1: uh let's just move on to the current
0: all right i have one closing thought uh, a positive stat if you will well this is a reach but i didn't notice until i went to check into a few games here in the future that sporting plays six of their first nine games on the road six of nine what a brutal start Their third home game will be against Colorado a week from Saturday. So they haven't taken advantage of the home games, obviously, losing to Seattle, but they looked dominant against L.A. I'm confident that they're going to find their way and at least beat Colorado a week from Saturday, even if I'm not picking them to beat Philly over the weekend. So home games matter. Start winning our home games. It'll be all okay, everybody. It's all going to be okay. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Let's talk about the current. So the current, speaking of home games, are opening their home slate of games with the defending nwsl champions the portland thorns coming to town Ooh, portland so portland's had an interesting offseason they it it was announced that Merritt paulson who owns both the thorns and the timbers said he is going to sell the team after the conclusion of this whole nwsl PA investigation into all the misconduct that was going on with their former coach and different members and people around the league we talked about this on prior podcasts but that was kind of shaking up their offseason and people wondered oh is it going to affect them on the field well one game in it sure didn't look like it portland won four to nothing over the orlando pride that was a home game so portland was at home for that game just goals from everywhere did you get a chance to see anything from that game sheena
1: I did not. So you can keep talking.
0: (laughs) All right. I didn't want to make it seem like I wasn't allowing you to talk. Yeah. I'm just getting Sheena to watch current games. It's a lot to ask her to keep up with an entire another league. So we'll, we'll keep up with just the opponents that we're playing. So uh, as far as hold
1: on, wait, Chad, I just need the audience to understand how much soccer you watch. Like You watched Sporting Kansas City, Casey Current. There was a a men's national team. There was Sporting Kansas City, too. There was another men's national team. Then you went back and watched the other sporting game. You watched highlights from... Philadelphia and Orlando. Oh, I watched the
0: entire Philadelphia Orlando game too.
1: Oh, okay, so you watched the whole game and plus you highlights these... from
0: every other MLS game and the yeah, Portland like, Thorns and Orlando Pride. Yeah, that's true.
1: By the time Sunday night came up and it was time for the Sporting KC two game, like I was done. Like, and I love Benny fellhaber H- so any chance to like see his facial expressions or whatever. Like I'm all about, but I just couldn't do it. So no, I did not watch the highlights.
0: If it makes you feel better. I didn't really see Benny on the broadcast at all. So you didn't miss anything.
1: Perfect. All right. Anyways, I just wanted everyone to know like how hardcore you are.
0: And I guarantee you there are people that are more hardcore than me that are watching all these other leagues. I'm the only weirdo just watching basically American soccer. So all right. The Thorns killed the pride over the weekend but let's talk about the thorns roster build so over the off season they signed extensions for sam coffee may have heard of her she's been playing for the u.s women's national team recently rocky rodriguez she's a high draft pick talented midfielder they also re-signed morgan freeman and their free agent michelle vasconcelos you may recognize that name she used to be on the casey current they also added a bunch of draft picks including fifth overall pick defender reyna reyes who seems to be a pretty high defensive prospect. Oh, so you're thinking, okay, those names, I don't know that I knew a ton of those names. Maybe you knew Sam Coffey, maybe you knew something like that. Well, let me list you a few other names that you probably know. U.S. Women's National Team Legends... Becky Sauerbrunn. Ever heard of her? Crystal Dunn? Um, we've got Olivia Moultre. She's only 17. She was 15 when she signed a few years ago. She's a future star. Former US Women's National Team player, Megan Klingenberg. Oh, just the NWSL MVP of last year, Sophia Smith. Uh, they also have Canadian legend, Christine Sinclair. And the list goes on and on and on. So essentially, The Thorns are absolutely stacked. They also have Lindsey Horan, who's on loan over in France right now, so she at least won't be back for a few months. But they are an incredibly stacked team. It's no wonder why they freaking won the NWSL Cup last year. They have got to be the odds-on favorite to win the Cup again this year. And it's a little, I feel bad for the current because they are still missing so many players and maybe some players will come back. We haven't gotten this week's injury report yet, but that is a tough first home game. They're doing this thing called Pack the Park. They're trying to get as many people into Children's Mercy Park as they possibly can. And I'm just not feeling super optimistic, especially when they played the North Carolina Courage last week, who are supposed to be one of the worst teams in the league and they really struggled. They just looked out of shape. Maybe things will look better. Maybe something about that energy of the home crowd lifting them up. Maybe they'll play a different formation, play to their skill level better. On any day, any team can win. But the Thorns have me nervous.
1: It would be a better game if we had a healthy team. Like Because I feel like based on the names you said, and I knew a lot of them because they are on the women's national team. And if we had some of our stars that are out injured, like it would be a really fun game. But knowing what I know about the injuries, which maybe we'll get a few people back, I don't know, I'm just guessing here. But yeah, I don't think it's going to go well. I'm still going to go to the game. I hope you bought tickets, but I still want to go to the game and cheer them on because it is their home opener. But I would be surprised if they win the game. Unfortunately, I hate saying that.
0: I know it's not much of a preview. I'm just bringing you all down here. I'm predicting a loss against Philly. I'm predicting a loss (laughs) against Portland. Oh, Kansas City soccer. But you never know. Uh, they were pretty darn good at home last year, the, the Kansas City Current first home game. Something about that home crowd. You just never know. Let's hope it's maybe a record. Maybe they'll put more fans in the stadium than they ever have before, although it's a risk doing it against such a super team. But the Thorns are used to highly attended games, though, because they really kill it out there in Portland.
1: Yeah, it would be cool if we broke a record. I think last week in the San Diego Wave broke a record for attendance. Like they had over 30,000 at their yeah, it was game. Yeah, like
0: 31 thousand something we're not going to break that because there's only 19,000 something seats in children's (laughs) mercy park but if they could break their own record from last year which i want to say is 10,000 and change that would be pretty cool
1: it's surprising because i've seen snapdragon stadium and i'm surprised it holds that many like seats it doesn't or people it doesn't seem like it's that big of a stadium honestly
0: That's right. When we were in San Diego earlier this year, you made me drive by it. You're like, oh, we're near Stamp Dragon. Let's go drive by it. And I was like, I got to watch all this traffic on the freeway. I couldn't even really look at it.
1: Well, for one, it wasn't a freeway. Um, And two, I've seen it more than once. I just thought you would want to see it.
0: Oh, thank you for rubbing it in how many times you've seen the stadium compared to
1: me. (laughs) I haven't actually been in it, so it's not that braggadocious.
0: Oh, a good word choice. Uh, one um, more thing. Oh, go ahead.
1: Oh, well, go ahead. I was going to give you the forecast for this weekend.
0: All right, go ahead and do the weather forecast.
1: Okay, so Saturday is going to be sunny current. Well, this is as of today. It, it's Missouri in the Midwest, so it could definitely change.
0: This game's definitely in Kansas City, unlike the last one that I was talking about.
1: <laughs> yeah, so um, it's going to be sunny, though. And the game is at noon, I believe, or like 11.50.
0: 11.50, yeah, weird time. Yeah, national TV. You do what you got to do. This is the first national TV game of the year. I think I could be
1: wrong. Oh, that's why it's such a weird time. Okay. It's probably
0: not the first one. I'm probably wrong. <laughs> it okay. might be well,
1: It's going to be sunny and 43. Of course, that could change. I think a lot of it has to do with the, the storm that's going to hit on Friday. So depending on how quickly that storm comes in will, I think, depend on how cold or warm it's going to be. But as of now, it's going to be about 43 to 46 degrees while the game's going.
0: So a little chilly, but... Yeah, bundle right. up. Bundle up. Stay warm out there, everybody. We'll be staying warm as well. The one thing I wanted to bring up is I wrote this article in the offseason about, hey, if the Kansas City Current could sign these two players, man, they would be unstoppable. And I kind of was like fictionalizing a little bit like, this isn't going to happen, but I'm going to throw it out there. And it was Dabinia, who they went on to sign, and I was like, well, look at me predicting the future. And then Julie Ertz, uh, she and we used to live in Arizona where Julie Ertz or formerly Julie Johnson is from. And Julie Ertz is coming back. She was just called into the U.S. women's national team. So that immediately led me to speculate, oh, my gosh, can the current go get her? That's maybe their biggest area of need is central defense. And then poor Daniel Sperry had to go crush my dreams from the KC star. He said he's he got in contact with a source at The Current, and The Current are not one of the teams that Ertz has been talking to about returning. So she's a free agent. She can go anywhere. Realistically, they're probably completely out of salary space. They've got so many stars that they've signed this offseason. It was pie in the sky. I didn't think they'd get one, let alone both of them. But just something to to think about. Julia, it's probably going to be finding an NWSL club here in the near future.
1: Is there the opportunity that Casey Current could still be in talks with her? Like maybe not today, but later this week?
0: Yeah, I mean, if they week? have the budget room for it and she wants to live here, you remember, her husband is Zacherts, tied in for the Arizona Cardinals, formerly the Eagles, to go back to our Philly tie-in there. Uh, so she's from Arizona. They're in Arizona. Her kid... You know, their family is all there. Like, it's got to be a pull to be near there. Obviously, there's no women's team there, but she could end up at, like, an L.A. or a San Diego and be a lot closer to home than being in Kansas City. Obviously, it's a bit of a hike. So it could happen, but probably not. doesn't sound like it is. Or they could be throwing Sperry a curveball and trying to throw him off the case. And then really it's negotiating in the background. Oh, that oh, I just got myself excited for no reason.
1: Oh, and then what if her husband signed with the Chiefs? Like I don't know what position he plays or if it's needed, but I'm just He's a tight end. Things. I don't
0: I don't know if you've heard the Chiefs got a pretty good one of those.
1: Oh, I haven't heard that.
0: You liar. You know Travis Kelsey <laughs> is their tight end. Come on. I know. Sheena doesn't know. know a ton about football. She'll be like, oh, I'm a Chiefs fan, and I'm like, name five players. And she's like, Well, Patrick Mahomes. And then she just like stopped. So I'm just kidding. Hey, the Chiefs
1: just uh, signed a running back. I saw it today, but I can't think of who it is.
0: Ah, good information, as always. Yeah. (laughs) This is like... like
1: a name I knew. So I was like, oh, I've heard of him.
0: Our daughter will tell us that she's a Dolphins fan. And I'm like, name one player on the Dolphins. And she can't do it. Sheena told me that she's a Kansas City Royals fan. I said, name one player on the Royals. And she couldn't do it. So these are some super fans that... That we're dealing with y'all okay
1: i have to save all my sports knowledge to do this podcast so okay fair
0: enough that's what i would prefer anyways let's just focus on soccer so on that note let's switch to the digital crawl y'all where we run through stories around the news that you may have missed and not heard i kind of briefly mentioned this one but Sporting Kansas City to open up their MLS Next Pro season this past Sunday. Weird time. 8 p.m. Sunday night. Played in Colorado to the Colorado Rapids 2. They got up early. They score. They're winning. All right. Things are looking good. They're playing well. They gave up a goal. And then in the 92nd minute, they gave up another goal and they lost the game at the last minute. So, A little bit depressing but that's what i've come to expect i will say skc2 looked a lot lot better than they looked last year and the really good thing is you could actually watch the games last year the camera was this like awful ai camera that like couldn't follow the game and was zoomed out so far you couldn't see the numbers on the players jerseys it was terrible this was like high definition it was on mls season pass so the only issue right now is the replays of the games are not up but we did talk to people over at sporting Kansas city too. And they said that the league is working on that. So hopefully there'll be replays because I don't think Sheena is going to allow me to make it appointment viewing to plan my life around three soccer games every weekend.
1: Absolutely not.
0: <laughs> exactly. So I need them to be available as replays to keep watching them. We'll keep you updated on SKC 2 As the season goes on, lots of young promising players that played in that game. That apparently can be loaned to the first team since I went and read the rules. All right, the other thing we have for you in the crawl is our other Kansas City soccer team, the Kansas City Comets. They won 9-4, and they have now officially qualified for the playoffs. If everything falls right in terms of other results in the remaining games of the season, they can actually still get a home playoff game as well. But they will definitely be in the playoffs so that's a pretty good win. Any thoughts about the comments or skc too?
1: Woohoo on the comments. <laughs> your, your voice cracked. Like <laughs> <I
0: know. laughs> Are you going it's through puberty lay. right now? What's happening?
1: <laughs> no, it's late. I'm tired. Yeah, we,
0: um, I've been taking a recording podcast post eleven PM lately. So
1: <laughs> Woohoo! Is that better? All right.
0: That was better. Yeah, I liked Wait, it.
1: Wait, but Chad, I wanna say something. I wanna say two things, although I may have forgotten one of the things. But Lamar Jackson is the new running back.
0: Lamar Jackson, like from the the Baltimore Ravens quarterback? What are you talking about?
1: Yeah, no, Lamar Jackson, running back, a two year, seventeen million, all guaranteed contract. Ravens receive four draft picks and a season pass to Worlds of oh, wait.
0: <laughs> this is uh, a joke. I <laughs> Sheena, I was like, Lamar Jackson is a quarterback for the Ravens. Oh, Sheena's been fooled. Is it Twitter, Instagram? What fooled you?
1: I don't know how I, uh, I got it from Facebook. Oh,
0: well, there you go. This is why everybody's mom and grandma and everybody is uninformed. Don't get your news off Facebook, y'all.
1: Now that I see it, it's freaking <laughs> yeah.
0: You better not edit this out. All right, y'all. If you've made it this far and you have not already, be sure to go subscribe to the podcast. Tell all your Kansas City soccer friends. We want them to join the conversation with us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Uh, just search for the Glory Casey Reverend you Gritcher Podcasts. If you haven't already, go write a review for us on Apple Music, Podcast, whatever it's called, or Spotify in the mobile app. You can give a rating, five stars only, please. If you have any non-five-star thoughts, just tweet at me at Play for 90 on Twitter. You can join this conversation at for the Glory Casey on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, or email us at ForTheGloryCasey at gmail.com. Here's Christian Leo with Ride It Like You Mean It. Take care, everybody.
1: Bye.